Hello and welcome back to Try Not to Die. I'm your dawning misconception, Noah Perito, and I'm here with our multiplayer players. Lisa Condemi, aka Gorgonzola. Nothing good can last. I'm no. referring to cheese playing, of course. <laughs> Nothing Aww. good can last. Wow, and it's me, Ashley Goodwin, aka Brigid. Last week, I said we found NP with the crown, and, you know, we didn't. <laughs> Who and are you playing? We only have <laughs> that statement is we actually true. So that's well, it. I'm here for it. Yeah, the you know it was an emotional episode last time. There was a lot of betrayals around the table. Most Mostly. of them from, me. from you. <laughs> well, grab a fondue stick and dip some bread in the bubbling fromage. It is time for the recap. Or should I say the raclette? I'm burning this plane down. You know, <laughs> we don't deserve it. Zola just torches the place. If I can't have good memories here, it. nobody can. Oh my god. Someone someday walks through Cheese Plane, it's just like charred cheese. Zola, like, people live here. <laughs> There's whole societies. Last time. The party found themselves in the vast and endless ocean of the Plain of Water. Scary. No, it's a very scary place scary. that I hated. Yeah. Not a great place for... Thalassophobia. Yeah. It, I, maybe we put that in the bio. We'll see. <laughs> no spells or abilities available to keep them from running out of breath. Thinking quickly, Brigid used Locate Object to seek out a door, hoping that it would be one of Marfin's doors to get them back to his magnificent mansion. The spell yielded mixed results, multiple pings in the distance, all of which they would need to get to ASAP since Smite was running out of air. Finding Nemo style, the group caught a current to head towards the potential exits, dodging debris, a petty water elemental, and a terrifying kraken looking for a meal. Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> They were separated by branching currents near the end of this race, and just when Smite was about to run out of air and the Kraken aimed to swallow them whole, Zola pulled out the Conjuration Shard and attempted to reunite them by Dimension Doing Her and NP towards their allies. She was successful, though in an unexpected way, as when she activated the Shard, it did not cast Dimension Door, but surged, casting a form of Plane Shift to teleport them all Back to Cheese Plane. Incredible. Where it, good stuff happened. Only. only good things. Cheese Plane, a modern day Garden of Eden, as we all know. <laughs> garden of Eden. A Garden of Eden. Safe and ready to restock their quickly diminishing cheese supplies, Brigid took a moment to trance while Smite kept watch and Zola took NP off to explain what had happened since they last spoke. NP seemed particularly keen on the whereabouts of the Wild Shard, and when Zola explained that it was gone, she began to have a bit of a meltdown. Zola followed NP into the Fromage Forest, and once they were alone, NP revealed herself to be Trick, the undead changeling rogue Zola had killed and revived. Bent on completing their job, acquiring the Wild Shard for their contractor Lord Tinderdick, they were distraught to learn that they had once again, and perhaps permanently, failed. Sola attempted to break through to Trick and convince her that there were bigger jobs at hand, but the changeling would not relent. Their kind was given tasks, and their whole existence was to complete them, to never fail. This was a failure, and Trick could not live with that dissonance. Launching himself at Zola, the rogue viciously attacked our hero as she called out to her distant allies, interrupting Brigid's rest. The two ran towards Zola while she wrestled the crown, Trick's only bargaining chip, away and attempted to escape. Though she ended up trapped by one of Trick's beads of force. Got me. Got ya. Friggin' and so I, <laughs> I have got not managed to beat those yet. Whenever you want to get me, you just have to have one so of those. I just gotta, just, I pull out a bead of force is like an end of episode line for Zola. It's like, well, <laughs> fuck me, I guess. 
The two ran towards Zola while she wrestled the crown Trick's only bargaining chip away and attempted to escape. Though she ended up trapped by one of Trick's beads of force, Brigid and Smite arrived just in time to shield Zola with the mycelium of this plane, forcing Trick to retreat into hiding. Trapped again. Double Tra trapped. Double trapped. I got tricked that time. <laughs> there, the group waited for an attack that never came, eventually deciding to return to where they had set up camp by the river, Zola feeling particularly wounded by the experience both physically and emotionally. Once they were settled, the group talked of intent. How would they handle Trick when she inevitably returned to take the crown back or seek revenge? Brigid and Pyre were incensed by the deceptions, desiring to kill them on sight, while Smite didn't feel comfortable deciding for the group. Zola pleaded with her allies to let them live, explaining she could not raise her sword against this person whose condition she was responsible for, and so the group relented, choosing to move on to the task at hand rather than seek and destroy the threat of their own making. Brigid once again settled down to trance, and Zola took the time to learn some new magic before they returned to the road, seeking out a door to Marfin's within a cheesy tree. Once they found it, the group headed inside and entered into another one of Marfin's guest rooms. Finally, they could rest! Just kidding, because time moved normally there, and they knew that on the material plane, they were already nearing the end of the day that they had left on. Thusly, they decided to keep going, thankfully winding up in Duke Angel Baby's room once more. What are the odds? Seriously, I cannot Two believe you guys got that. Two episodes where we rolled the same place twice. <laughs> Truly. That's crazy. This was, that was, that was an odd, oh my this god. bound to happen. And it was episode 88, that's the, the same number. Mm, Two of mean? the same number. Things Angel rolled numbers. twice. Angel numbers, Angel baby. baby numbers. Angel, Angel baby, baby numbers. numbers. Whoa, oh. gang. So they ended up in <laughs> Duke Angel it's Baby's too room. The ghosts are here <laughs> with <laughs> us. We cannot with the ghosts. <laughs> yeah. that's, what the, that's what I said with that. There's <laughs> actually we know fell. about the ghosts. The listeners don't know that it's hard to explain listeners, to them. whenever we talk, we are acting in the studio for the ghosts. Yeah, we, that's all you need to know. All you need to know is that there's ghosts in the studio and we perform for them as well as for you. See, now they're in on it. Anyways, <laughs> with time slowed to near stop, the group could finally rest while Brigid did some light reading of the Duke's diary. And that's where we are right now. Brigid, do you want to read us a bedtime story? <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Page 17. <laughs> Today, dad took away my sewing machine. As no in a, in a, in a, not in a sign that. of spite. Marfin was nothing but supportive of his son. But what's we'll get to that when you read this diary. Zola, you have quickly fallen asleep in the comfortable sunset-colored four-poster bed, still in his purring on your chest, smite passed out snoring next to you, metal arm dangling off the side. Brigid, you have, as we said, elected to head to the desk to reread the diary for any more juicy deets. I put on my readers. <laughs> you put on your readers. <laughs> Which you've been hiding this entire time. I am 69, so. <laughs> <laughs> put on my readers. Brigid, you do indeed find it, taking and reading much of the same gossip that Zola read. This fashion designer tiefling did not have a good relationship with Marfin, having been taken from the Nine Hells where he lived with his mother, Archfiend Fierna, to be raised here and in the material plane so he didn't grow up to be evil. Instead, he grew up to hate his dad. Yay! So you're kind of skimming this. Um, and while you're can skimming... I, can, do I glean, like, why Marfa did that? I mean, this is... I guess, uh, give me an insight check. You're kind of trying to read the intent of someone through someone else's writing, but you could at least glean some perspective. That's going to be a 25. With the 25, I think you gather that from the Duke's perspective, 
Marfin stepped in and, you know, kind of is, was acting out of place and did not like that this was the case for him. But I think that you, with your wisdom, understand that Marfin's intent was like, the Nine Hells is not a great place to be growing up. Um, you're going to be surrounded by people who have nothing but evil intent, and they're going to teach this child nothing but evil. So I want to try and give them a chance to not be definitely evil and raise them amongst like other people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that intent is lost on a child. That's never going to be something the kid's like, well, I'm glad you took me away from all my friends and all my fun times, you know, and my mom. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily go into the details of how that happened or like, you know, what Marfin was thinking. I think you surmise that he was trying to make sure that his son didn't grow up to be someone who's, you know, was there like Vicious. an inciting incident that I can glean? Like maybe like some kind of malediction? This event is not documented. Like, there, you know, this journal slash this diary was started after whenever this child was taken here. Got you know, you, you it almost actually, th- you think of it like Marfin clearly gave his son this journal to be like, trust your feelings, your feelings <laughs> you know? And then this kid kind of is like, I okay, fuck you. you, dad. So it kind of backfired. Um, Bummer. Well, but, you know, I mean, that's mostly what you gleam. And I slowly close the book and take my readers off. Just, uh, poor kid. Poor kid. Uh, and as you do that, your friends have obviously slipped into a very deep honk shoe. Uh, why don't you give me a... Perception check. Oh shit, partner. Oh shit. Oh good. Mm. Oh excellent. That's a twelve. Hmm. I rolled a two. With a twelve, you don't notice anything distinctively different about the room. As you're kind of going about, you finish reading the book. That takes several hours for you to do that. I mean, it's a it's a full journal. Zola is. One, a quick reader, and two, has the keen mind feed, so definitely can churn through some literature fast. You, it takes the majority of your allies' rest to do this, and by the end, you're just kind of like, ooh, my eyes are tired. Oh, man. What about these bracers? The bracers, you take a look at, and you begin to focus your energy on them. You begin to understand that these were designed long ago, just based on the, like, older arcane runes that you are seeing engraved into them the language you see is primordial and the magic at hand here seems to be just almost like first generation sort of elemental magic as you focus on it and you're attempting to attune to them yes you spend that hour attuning to them and they fully kind of like seal in place they'd already shrunk to make sure that they fit your wrists but now they feel Almost like they are a part of you. They don't feel heavy anymore. They're, they're, they're weightless. They are fully like integrated into your system, so to speak. And as you find that integration, you realize that these will allow you to bend the elements to your will. When you use a bonus action to activate them, you can change whatever damage type you're dealing to a different damage type. Ooh. Like, cool. if I do fire damage, I do different damage? Yeah, so, like, let's say you're, like, I'm going to cast Wall of Fire, but, you, like, you start your turn off and you go, bonus action, I activate my bracers. I'm going to cast Wall of Fire, but I'd like for it to be cold damage instead of fire damage. So they would be, like, Ooh. cold flames instead Whoa. of fiery flames. You could do it, it seems... What about acid? Acid as well. <gasps> what about lightning? Lightning as well. 
You can go through the whole list and <laughs> it, it can fully do it. In fact, it can even do something like bludgeoning damage as wind as oh, an element sick. cannot, you know, it doesn't burn you. It doesn't cut, like, like necessarily cut you, you. It batters you around. So you could, in theory, you know, bend it to any sort of damage you like. You're the avatar. You oh have become the avatar. Breaking the avatar. <laughs> the last airbender. Oh the God. last, last final final. And, and Noah is... said you can go straight to level 22. Oh, yeah, I did say <laughs> that. Did I? I might have accidentally just like cut that out or my mic. Monica, but yeah, you're level 20 now too. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, you you get in touch with these. This is old technology. This is old magic. Nothing comes to mind on who would have created them. They don't seem legendary in a way that you're like, oh, the bracers of the elements. I've heard of these. You're not really sure where they've come from, but they are indeed very powerful. And it also says once per long rest, I can observe the elements at a third level. That is also correct. So if someone hits you with a lot of damage, you can cut that damage in half and store it for your next attack. Cut it. Cut it. Well, with that, that takes up most of your long rest. You know, you spend a lot of time. <laughs> I think you kind of meander around the space. You take a short rest. And by the time your allies are like <sighs> waking up, you are, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go already. And Stilton has, you know, taken notice of that and taken notice of Pyre, who's, like, sitting next to the bed, just <laughs> staring at him. I'm do on the opposite side of the bed. Uh, I'm looking at Smite and going, like, hey, kind of, like, same kind of way. Like, hey, hey, I tried the bracers on. <clears throat> oh, shit. I uh, checked him out. Good morning. Hi. Look um, at him. Whoa. <gasps> do, do you like them? Yeah. They look amazing on you. Your wrists look great. Thanks. Is that a normal compliment? I can smell you, your Zola. breath from here. <laughs> it's so... Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, bring it. Wait. Go away for a second. It like rolls and falls out of the bed. Still, stop screaming. You're not starving. <laughs> I feed him cheese. <laughs> Little monster style. Is there anything you guys want to do this morning? Should we stop and level up? Um, yes. Why don't we level our characters Ooh. up to level 17? OMG. Oh my god. OMG. I think Zola is slow to rise and just kind of quietly flipping through all of her books and like learning all of the spells that she can and kind of just in her own world. And Brig is just showing her off the bracers to Smite and Smite's trying to block his bad breath from her. <laughs> yeah, you see Smite is desperately, like, as you're showing off and you're, like, you know, doing some small little bursts of flame that you keep changing into different elements. He's, like, really, really impressed and really into it. But you also see he's, like, could it, putting his hand over his mouth a little bit and be like, yeah, so cool. Cool, cool. And, like, fishing into his pockets looking for any sort of breath mint. You guys settle into the space, slowly rising. Um you know that no time has passed on the material plane. All right, I have my port and rolls. You guys want to get out of here? I don't know if we're going to be able to find breakfast again, but Smite, yeah. you're not in charge of that this time. Yeah, I don't really want to be anyways. <laughs> uh, I, I know my, where my place is in this group now, and it's definitely not ordering the food. We have plenty of cheese. Still yeah. could do that as well. <laughs> um, so you guys are fully ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Wait. I'm going to do another perception check. I'm going to say that Zola can do a perception check because okay. you have you have no reason to think necessarily. But Zola, you wake up and you, you know, I mean, you look around the space Brigid, as you're getting up. Thanks for doing watch. Was there anything 
unusual? No, I just read this diary. Nothing really super interesting. Uh, just that this guy really hated his dad. I know what that's like. 25. You notice that the room seems a bit more disheveled than you guys left it. It wasn't obvious at first, but at one point, like, while you're, you know, just stretching and looking around the room, getting ready to find the exit, you notice that more of that, like, open closet has been spilled down. Some of the furniture looks like it has been moved and then not really put back into place. You know, the things, you guys didn't really notice it when you came in and you were like, let's just fucking crash and let me read this diary. But as you and your very investigative eyes look upon this space, your eye burns, the eye of Groomsh, detecting that there was definitely a hostile presence in here at one point after you guys left it. Brigid, did you move stuff around last night? No. Smite, did you move anything? Not unless I sleepwalk, which... You didn't. Okay, good. I think I got that out of my system. I used to do that a lot when I was younger, and Barley said it was a lot of trouble. Stilton was on top of you all night like a sleep paralysis demon, so... Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you think it was okay. the inevitable? Oh. Interesting. Do you think he's looking for us? I kind of didn't think of the fact that he might be able to really find his way from plane to plane. Do you think it had that kind of, like, intelligence? Or is it just smashing through doors like it was last time we saw it? Maybe it's just smashing. But also, if it wasn't him, maybe it's Marfin. This does look kind of deliberate, and you see now Smite is up and looking around at things. Or the person who lives here. I mean, not lives here, but lived here. Super dead, right? I think you would surmise that that person probably passed a long time ago. Okay. Or, I don't know, maybe Trek tore Mm. her way through here. Yeah, maybe. There's (laughs) a lot of people looking for us, weirdly. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, things are kind of closing in. Speaking of people looking for people. MP. I know. She must be so defenseless right now. But... She was strong without the crown when we first found her, so I'm confident that even if she's hiding somewhere, she's that, safe. Yeah. Should we just start opening doors? Like we always do. Somebody roll a D100. I get the 100 today. Cool. I'll do the 10. 87. You approach and open the door, revealing a stairwell this wide stone staircase beautiful and polished that spirals up and down along these barren walls banisters lining it so one doesn't tumble down towards whatever is far below you see there's globules of warm yellowish light that are kind of pinned in midair throughout this revealing the staircase as it goes far beyond 60 80 100 feet in both directions you do think that it is strange that you've been in other stairwells and they haven't looked like this. We just came out kind of into like the very middle of a staircase and yeah. it goes down and up. Yeah. It's like you, you literally are opening and it's like to your left, spiral up, to your right, spiral down. I don't I wanna keep the door open and I wanna check the watch. Smite, don't these globules kinda of remind you of Barley's? Yeah. Oh, wow, I haven't thought of the word globules in so long. <laughs> I literally it's wrote the word. <laughs> Literally wrote globules down. We're so dumb. Um, Yeah, you check the clock. 
in this stairwell, time is passing slower than the material plane. That means more time is passing there the longer you stay in the stairwell. I don't think we should stay. This place gives me the creeps. 100 feet up and down? How long? I don't have the legs for this kind of stairmaster <laughs> shit. Yeah, I thought about learning the spell fly last night, but I decided it would just be way too silly. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. I <laughs> guarantee that would never come in handy and certainly not screw anyone over. <laughs> uh, shall we close the door and re- hit refresh? Can I just do a perception check? Sure, give me a perception check. Yeah, can I also like do a lesson? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 24. 25, because I have Ooh. I have a plus uh, one more than my normal Ooh. plus 10. Now it's plus 11. Ooh. My wisdom. You guys both, you know, peer in and Smite holds onto the door. Zola, you get a little brave and step into the stairwell. Hello? Brigid, you do the same. Your voice echoes. Hello? Brigid, you approach the banister and look down and you see... Nothing but pure darkness down there. You Ooh. see the stairwell goes continues down and down and down out of sight. And literally looking straight up and looking straight down, you see nothing but void. I hate it here. Yeah, this is disconcerting. Why did he make this? I don't know if he made this on purpose. This seems like a mistake. If someone made this, they were not in their right mind. Or it's just a place that exists. <sighs> Can we check the... Thing and see if it's like the map the map doesn't the map kind of give us an inkling of whether it's like a pocket room that he's created versus like a teleportation portal yes that is very true you look at the map which does indeed have several new names upon it um and as you look at this one you know it takes a little time for it to form you have to be in the space and so you guys hold there for a moment as it kind of sketches itself out um this is just labeled the staircase and it looks like it was created by Marfin. It doesn't look like it is a location on a certain plane. It is just a never-ending staircase. Pass. Yeah, hard pass. Pass, hard pass. <laughs> Certainly. We shut the door. <laughs> Smash the door. Um, Still, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was already, like, winding his way down. <laughs> so curious. He had to pull by the tail. Uh, okay, give me another D100 roll. 52. Here we go. You open up the door and see there's a long hallway stretching out before you. It looks like it goes about sixty or so feet, um, and it transitions from the kind of stone that you've seen a lot of, you know, Marfin stairwells made out of. You see it transitions to a sort of papery kind of material, and then at the very end, the opening, which is pretty far off, I would say it's kind of too far. It's a little far out of your um, visual range. You do see that there's a kind of a dull yellow orangish light. A dull yellow orangish light at the end of the hallway. Correct. And it's transitioning to paper. Brigid, time check, please. Yes. Here, time moves faster than on the material plane. Excellent. My kind of place. Mm-hmm. Can I check the map? As of now, it's still developing. Like, as you open it, you see that it's drawn like a long tube connecting from um, the Duke's room to wherever you are right now. Should we just be sneaky sneaky? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Can I do, like, some kind of perception to see if I can hear anything? Yeah, we do classic Scooby-Doo. Every time we open a door, we (laughs) Scooby-Doo it, and we listen and watch for, like, 10 seconds. Okay, you guys Scooby-Doo it. Um, Give me perception checks. One. Dirty 20. You both lean in. 
stacked on top of each other. Stacked on top of each other. Scooby Doo style. You listen. You hear a buzzing, dull sort of drone, low and tonal. Bees? Resonates deep within your chest. Checking the map. Still developing. (laughs) No one doesn't want to tell us until we get it. You haven't even (laughs) walked down the hallway. You think this thing's going to draw it for you? You got to go into the room before it starts to draw. Sorry about the weird plot device you see Marvin's note at the bottom. <laughs> um, let's just stealth down. I mean, we have to check something out. We can't just keep opening doors all day. Yeah, you're right. I follow your lead. You guys begin to stealth. Everybody roll a stealth check. Hooray. Over 20 for Smite. 16 for Zola. Is it a group check? What did you roll? <laughs> I think you need to tell me first. Legally, No. <laughs> What did you roll? 11. Okay. That's not okay. too bad. You guys begin to slowly but surely creep down this tube, your feet transitioning from the stone to this crunchy, papery substance. It becomes very clear to you that this is not paper, though. As you go along and the walls fully transition into it and there is a full hexagonal sort of shape to this tunnel, you sense that this was made. It is biological. Is this like a cocoon? You continue to move forward, heading towards the dim yellowish light at the end where there is this sort of thin cap of this papery substance blocking it off from whatever is beyond. Is it sheer? It's not entirely sheer. It's more translucent. So you can see there's like light coming through, but it's not like... Like wax paper. Yes, more like wax paper. And the paper that's beneath us (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it like shredded paper, like in a hamster cage, or is it like one sheet? It's like phyllo dough. Oh, okay, so like layered. It's like layered. Like it, at first, it seems like it's just a full sheet, but you see that there's it's clearly torn in some places. Like you can almost see areas where there's like rapid movement of like a footstep or something, where someone kind of crunched through. Um, so you see that there's multiple layers of whatever this substance is making the tunnel after it transitions from the stone. I want to do a survival check, like some kind of like, is this from an animal? Trying to suss out what this could possibly be from. Yeah, uh, survival or nature, if you would like to roll. Yeah, I'll stick to survival. That's going to be dirty 20. My nature is a 19. You both kind of recognize that this is very, very much hive material. I mean, Zola and Brigitte have both been raised in areas where there's honeybees and, you know, larger honeybees, other Mm. types of sort of... We make honey cheese from honeybees. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, for all your honey needs, you know, you can find this kind of material in any sort of nest. Though, it seems like it is a larger scale. I think we're in, like, a huge wasp's nest. I think so, too. Yeah, I've never seen one of these. You see, Smite is, like, touching the wall. There's Stop. not a lot of nature in the city. What hey, are these? don't touch that. This isn't normal. He pulls no. his hand back, and you see that there is indeed, like, a sort of sticky substance kind of coming off of it. He's like, Ugh, and waves it off. Okay. Should we? I take my finger, and I grab his hand and pull my finger through and try a little. You try a little. It is... The sweetest, most delicious honey you have ever tasted Mm. in your entire life. 
we should bring some of this back to barley. She can make a mead. I do think we should maybe leave. Yeah, I. but I do got to say, what you just said directly contradicts the whole first part of bringing something to barley. So do you think we should try and get some of whatever this good stuff is, or... Uh, we should definitely just try and go. I put my, like, uh, hands over my eyes and press, like, my eyes against the sheet of the paper, like you're trying to see through, like, a foggy window. Yeah, you're going up to that, like, the little lid that covers this, this hallway, and as you press your eyes against it, you do see... My tummy hurts. This is a domed space, irregular in shape and texture. You see, because you can actually start making out some colors and stuff as you're looking through. You see more of similar shaped sort of hallways. Comb, honeycomb. You see it spreading all over the walls, some of it dripping. You also see kind of large splatter spaces where there's some sort of like wriggling movement Mm. in them. No. Wait. Wriggling movement. What if it's someone we know? Oh, yeah. I was thinking it was more like a bunch of like bees hatching or something. But I guess if we see any kind of life form, we should probably investigate. Even if it's probably bees. Even if it's probably bees. Even if it's probably bees. That is our code. Does it look like I could like... um? Just kind of Kool-Aid man through this. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, it does. But uh, but is there any other way to open? Like, it does look like a screw-off? It seems or? like it's like a flap. It's oh, not. Okay. It seems like you could, in theory, like, definitely just run through this because okay. it's very light material. But as you, like, put your face against it, you, it kind of moves a little bit. You How know what I mean? F- there's, a, there's some give to it. If I pop my head out, I want to pop my head out. Just one little eye. I just want to look. I don't want to be noticeable by any giant beast. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if I can clock what the wriggler is. Yeah. And how far away the wriggler is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. You peer past the flap. It does indeed look like you were in the middle of some sort of massive bee's nest that has been enlarged. There's only one exit, a tunnel that spirals downward away, likely to other layers of this beehive where the droning noise ever increases. Lying in the middle of the room is a massive truck-sized queen bee. Her body buzzing ever so slightly as she is fast asleep. Though the sight fills you with fear, the bodies stuck into the honey is enough to make you want to bolt from the hive. Seven figures in black robes and armor. Omnimalum agents, partially or completely covered in honey. Their bodies punctured with stinger-sized holes, many of their horrified faces preserved. You cover your mouth to stifle a gasp and notice one, a mage, a drow woman, is wriggling slightly in the honey, her eyes immediately clocking you, Brigid, with that 11 stealth check. Damn it. She looks at you, and even though she knows that you are not necessarily an ally, she clearly is, like, wriggling faster, trying to, like, communicate to you in some way. I stick my head out over Brigitte's. What do you see? Omnimalum. All of these people are Omnimalum. They're all stabbed with stingers. Look at the queen. She's buzzing. She's sleeping. We have to go. We have to go. Does the Omnimalum agent look in messageable distance? Yes. I will message her. What do you say? What's your name? Oh, God. Why are you learning her name? 
If you name it, you'll want to save it. <laughs> what was your name again? Samantha. <laughs> Samantha. Have you seen Paragon's pet? Paragon's pet was lost days ago. Free me. Please. Please, free me. I will do anything. Unless you know where Paragon's pet is, you have nothing we want. Have you seen Marfan? We have been looking for him, but nothing yet. Is that enough? Have I played your game of 20 questions? Free me! There's only two. I pull back out of the flap momentarily. (laughs) (laughs) So what'd you see in there? What did she say? Um, I communicate everything. I feel like we have to decide now if we think that she would be useful. I mean, these people are evil. I take Zola's hands. Zola. We should not risk our lives to save Samantha. You're right. I've never even heard of her. She must be really liberal, <laughs> low ranking. Her name was Samantha? She probably would have with died. A with an Elvish accent, though. <laughs> you see, you see Smite out. Accent. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I pull him back. She probably would have died from the Mummy Lord, and it's a miracle that she hasn't died sooner. You're right. And if not, we would have killed her anyway when the whole Omni Malum automaton moment happened. This is, it's better this way. I peek my eyes back out. I message her. I'm really sorry. And then we back out. No, she's going to start yelling. Fuck, run. She begins to scream bloody murder. Bellowing underneath this honey, it is a horrifying muffled sound. But as she does it and you pull away, you begin to hear a very angry drone I continues. cast Pass Without Trace on this. You cast Pass Without Trace and you guys immediately Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> bongo noises. We're just walking backwards as the buzzing gets louder and louder. Bees, bees. They're over there. They're over there. I don't know if you bees speak elvish, but please. <laughs> please free me in exchange for this information. Oh my God, so dark. This is a really dark choice, Noah. You close the door. Oh my God back oh, i didn't need to cast it i thought we were gonna have long of a run <laughs> it lasts for 10 minutes so you will you never continue know. to have this especially since plan. you're yeah going to try the door again i assume okay moving on third time's the charm why does he have a, his own private apiary I, I don't know maybe he's trying to market like a new like apothecary you yeah, know i guess yeah essential I mean, oils I, you know i didn't realize how big this guy's brand is it's it's massive the, the kind of he's production. got too much time on his hands yeah i don't think it's that good brigid promise me when you're 500 you'll like you know enjoy your retirement and maybe like read a book or something yeah not this there should definitely be a forced retirement age for for mages i don't think you should be after like 500 years of practicing magic you're not gonna get up to good stuff yeah i hope marfin doesn't drive (laughs) (laughs) one two three Sixty-nine. believable <laughs> Yes, yeah. it was the first thing we rolled. Was it really the Wasn't first it? thing? Yes, it's Mistress Stonehenge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mistress Stonehenge. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. The, punct- the punctured plane. Yeah, you 
open the door and once again see the grassy knoll covered in archaic primitive runes, expansive punctured plains extending out in all directions where moss and other grasses have managed to grow in the time that since whatever happened here happened. You're looking at the stars just to get a grasp of like what time is it here and since four hours have passed in the cheese plane when you rested there, Brigid, you see that it is definitely much later in the evening. Like, clearly, this place is going to experience sunrise relatively soon. Can I see if anyone else has been here? Sure, give me a perception check. Oh, a natural 20. You look around and scan this space for any visitors. And it doesn't seem like there's been anybody here. No inevitable. Mm, no Marfin. Shall we move on? Do you think that we should be leaving messages at any of this place? I mean, if, if we're... It could be that NP and Marfin are just stuck where they are. But what if they're wandering around too? Yeah, that would make things a bit more complicated. You had been leaving the smiley faces like this one. Right. Okay. And I point to the smiley faces. <laughs> oh, yeah. I defaced this already. All right, then let's go. <laughs> yeah, the graffiti is really <laughs> prominent. <laughs> it's big. Sorry, it's... Mistra. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, as one of her acolytes, I think she would find humor in it. I think it's okay. She enlisted a teen as her oracle, so, like, she's got a sense of humor. <laughs> she's got a sense yeah. of humor, for sure. <laughs> All right, you guys <laughs> close the door once again and try to open it. One, three, two, two one. Sixty-four. <laughs> Guys, what the hell? You guys open the door and see another hallway, though this one is far less sinister than the last. It is formed from cool stone that vaguely smells of sea salt. It extends probably about 30 feet before ending at a door that, similar to Duke Angel Baby's room, has a letter carved into the wood, but instead of a D, it is a G. I check the time. You check the time. Similar to the Duke's room, this room is frozen. Um, I'll try the doorknob. You try the doorknob. Roll a d20 for me. <laughs> it is locked. Okay. Three. The ground crumbles out from underneath you, Zola. Give me a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> oh, shit. Of course it does. Zola! Reaches out to try and grab you as the stone slips away from underneath you. As I f- start to feel it crumble underneath me, can I just misty step and, like, literally hold on to the doorknob and, like, put my feet against the door so I'm, like... First, give me the dex save. Okay. And then we'll see. Um, it's a seven. I'll take the seven. I thorn whip. All right, what we're going to do is roll initiative because this is, as you saw with Pyre, this is a pretty immediate trap. She, like, was started to fall into the pit, and it was, like, the surface of the void is all the way at the top of this hole. It's not like it's like, oh, you fall a few feet in, you, like, fall in. What we'll do first is we'll roll initiative to see the order of events. I will let Brigid get a chance to reaction thorn whip you, try and pull you away. I rolled a 19 plus 2, so 21 on initiative. Okay, 21. 
My initiative is 19. That is good. Basically, you were rolling initiative against yourselves because Zola would be falling on her turn and you wanted to roll higher than that so you could act before she falls. So go ahead and roll an attack and you can roll that with advantage because obviously, Zola, the moment you start to fall, I imagine you like look back at your friends and throw an arm out to try and Right. Also, I think that I'm always assuming people are going to fall if they (laughs) push the door now at this point. Suspicious of the staircase. One, two, one. That is going to hit Zola's AC. So, Zola, you literally reach out and wrapped around your arm. You feel the thorn whip pull you. Oops. As you feel your foot literally, like, as it dips into the void, you feel a, like, sucking pull, like a deep gravity well sort of pull. And it almost takes your croc off, but you manage to pull it out just in time. (laughs) Sponsored by Crocs. Just kidding. (laughs) Maybe someday. Good thing I had them in sports mode. mode. Sponsor us. Answer our email. Thanks, Frigid. Smite looks to you guys. Okay, this is another one of those rooms he did not want us to go through. Do we want to press forward? Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck what Marfin thinks. Yeah, fuck what Marfin thinks. I'll cast knock on the door. The door creaks open. I... Jump. Jump, yeah. Can we yeah, make it? Yeah, you guys can definitely make the leap. Um, <laughs> we are level 17. <laughs> You're level 17 jump. You watch as the door opens into an adorable child's bedroom. Completely nautically themed, its hardwood floors are like a ship's deck, but sections of the ground and walls are windows into an underwater wonder world. An aquarium, fish of all kinds coexisting amongst a bright reef designed to be reminiscent of Undersoul that you passed over, Sola, while on the Feral Free. All of the furniture in this room, including the bed, which is a large hammock, looks like they are part of a ship's cabin. Outside the wooden desk, the room is relatively clean. Clearly this place has not been touched in some time, and whoever had been here had ensured that it had been left looking as closely to how it once was when someone did live here. Do we still have Pass Without Trace? Yes. Timepiece? Timepiece, you look at it, just like the Duke's room, this is frozen. Mm. Should we dig around? This looks like a kid's bedroom. Yeah, how many kids does Marfin have? Jeez. I don't know. It's cool, hammock bed. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the fish. (laughs) Yeah, you guys kind of walk into the space and begin to look around. Do I think we're actually on a boat? On the sea. No, I think that you get the sense that this is another demi-plane. And I think, you know what, give me arcana checks, because I think that you're kind of getting an understanding of the planar magic now. 15. 21. Brigitte, I think with a 15, you clock that this is indeed another one of Marfin's demi-planes, so he has created this. You're not on a ship. This is like a room that is its own little demi-plane. And then Zola, I think you put it together that unlike in the Duke's room, which had kind of that oil painting, like beautiful landscape out the windows, but clearly just like a projection, this aquarium looks real. And part of you connects the fact that Marfin has had access to the plane of water and he might have like created a small connection there to create an aquarium plane. and i think that you're smart enough to realize this now this is like two demi planes he's created that border each other it's like a window into another demi plane and that's why you can see the fish so clearly oh my gosh you guys know thumbprint cookies and they've got the indent with the jam in it yeah we're like in the jam what are you? What? <laughs> turns away from the aquarium uh, wall. What are you talking about? Marvin is so talented and also insane. Yeah, I'm hungry now. We didn't even get any breakfast. I mean, 
I don't think we should break the aquarium, but there might be food around here somewhere. <laughs> Can I? You said we see a fish. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's. It's like outside. It looks like you're, like by a, a tropical reef. Well, is there any fish that are near to the wall? The wall? Any fish looking at us as fish do? Uh, yeah. In the casual sense, some of them swim by and like take note of the movement inside this room that has not seen movement in quite some time. Can I use my sending stone? I would back away a little bit from Smite and Brigitte, kind of like go into a corner of the room, like take a, like a little privacy, and I'll um, dial um, Captain Styx's sending stone again. <laughs> and I say, um, hello, Derbuchere. Can you tell Ciceros that I'm at a place that reminds me of the Undersoul? Wasn't that so nice? That time? First, roll a d20 for me, because you are on a different <laughs> plane to see if it goes through, see if your service works. Wasn't <laughs> so nice that time? <laughs> this is like when your um when your friend's phone gets turned off, and so you message their parent to be like, "Can Timmy hang out?" Yeah. <laughs> Four. So it gets through, right? So it does get through. Oh wow! Uh, only if you Just hit a one. one. The message goes through, and you wait for a moment. You wait for a moment. There's no response. I think time is a little weird here. And then I you might realize, get a response yeah. later. <laughs> you realize that depending on where your exit is from this plane, that message will go through when you exit, and it could go through at whatever pace that plane is on. Mm-hmm. So it could go through totally normally, or when you enter a new plane, it could be like, hey, can you put simple book? Or it could be like, hey, <laughs> can you tell <laughs> Well, as long as she knows I'm thinking of her. You put your sending stone back in your pocket. Are you guys, you guys are like searching through this room for anything I'm going to rifle through the desk, yeah. Okay. Um, you're looking at the desk. Is there anything you want to look for, Brigitte, or you just want to give advantage to Zola on looking through the desk? I want to focus on the biggest fish that I can and speak with it. <gasps> your eyes glow with this greenish magic as you lock eyes with this beautiful lionfish. <laughs> turns its attention to you and looks, you know, I mean, it is a very low intelligence animal, but you've got its attention. Hey. Hi. (laughs) Whose room is this? Mm. Girl. A girl? Pretty girl? What are fish beauty standards? No, her two eyes are on the front of her face. Eyes weird. (laughs) Nice. 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 Young? Old? Young. Old. (laughs) Which one was she? Young. Old. Give me an insight check. Mm, She could be an elf. (laughs) It's a 29. (laughs) Inciting <laughs> to a fish just gazing into his eyes. You're gazing intimately Deeply. into this, this lionfish's eyes. You realize that this creature could have seen this child at multiple points in her life. Mm. This creature may not necessarily fully understand how time works, but I think that you don't think you're going to get any more specific of an answer or description from the fish. Was the girl ever with anyone else? Man. Old. Old. Dad. Dad. Yes? Yes. 
Brigid, who are you talking to over there? I, sometimes I just let her do these kind of things. You just got to let her talk it out. She talks to birds all the time. It's crazy. I love it, but I don't understand right, it. Right, right. The pigeons, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you saw anyone in here? Long. Long time ago. Long. Sounds like a stimulating conversation over there. It seems like this was a girl's room. And she was with here with an older man. Mm-hmm. Um, this might have been someone's room from when they were young to when they were older. Mm-hmm. And the man she was with was old. Mm-hmm. So That's actually a decent amount of information to get from a fist. A father. <laughs> yeah, I'm really surprised. Yeah, that's actually crazy. I, no offense, but we really did just think you were just <laughs> saying things to the, to the fish. Yeah. And it couldn't respond at all. Well, it's interesting. I think Brigitte's like so creeped out. Like she's wondering, like, is this person a prisoner here? Like, were they were they allowed to come and go? Like, I mean, it could just be that you know, Marfin's mansion is different now. Maybe, maybe all these rooms were in order at one point. Yeah, and it was probably a lot smaller too. Yeah. If if this person lived years ago, it might have just been a normal, you know, mm-hmm. wizard's house then. Mm-hmm. Hey, fish. <laughs> Did anything scary happen here? No. no. Only good. Only good. I look around. Thank you, fish. You're welcome. And swims back to the reef. He seemed nice. He's a good guy. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a good guy? What? <laughs> He's a good guy. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, it just seems weird. He's I so admire your connection to nature. <laughs> I do too, for the record. I just, just, just I'm bewildered. I put my hair behind my ears. Thanks a lot. And it's really amazing that you can become friends with a fish, you know. I can become friends with anyone. You see you see, Pyre is pawing at the glass, trying desperately, and still in his, as well, the two of them looking at fish and being like... You would love my cows if you ever came... You know, to my hometown, you, you mean, could talk to them. You mean when? Yes. I look around at the room and I want to look for any signs of like, I don't know. I want to see if there's any kind of like uh, tally marks on the walls or something. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Any Jesus. kind of yeah, like, there are any hand, bloody handprints? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're like, saying. Kind of like, you know, a prison. If someone okay. could leave. You begin to look through the room. We're going to first cut over to Zola before we have you roll that investigation check. Um, you decided to look through the desk, and you yes. find that it is it is simple. Um, it reminds you of the desk that Captain Sticks had. Um, there are some decorations, you know, ships and bottles, dried sea life, a compass, a few books, some on the various seas and oceanic life of Fayfall, the plane of water, various ships, and some that seem to be purely fiction. Uh, There are also a few maps here as well. The majority seemingly along, you'd have to do a check to realize it, but you don't recognize the coastline right off, like right from a first glance. Okay. I tuck that into my bag. You tuck the map into your bag? asking Captain Sticks about it another time. Um, Is there anything else you want to check out on, you know, uh, as I said, there's, you know, just some trinkets, there's books, and as I said, there's the maps. I would like to know if the maps are kind of like folded over and creased or dog-eared, or are they like fresh? They are pretty heavily dog-eared. That looks like whoever had these or used these maps was using them pretty extensively. Any notes or coordinates? Um, lots of coordinates are marked out, though you know they're not necessarily labeled right off the bat in a very clear way. Mm-hmm. You do notice that there are 
just a few spots along what you imagine is like a I mean you have there's a compass on it so you recognize mm-hmm. a northern coastline you see that there is like a a marker a pretty heavy star near um, one of the islands that looks to be a part of like the icy continent of what you assume is Kazrakan the northern continent of this world as as you're looking through i think that you gather that whoever this individual was they heavily patrolled the waters of this area of mm-hmm. the world it was it was as if they were almost like a coast guard if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like their actions are like that of an adventurer going around exploring mm-hmm. and protecting the wildlife. Proof of lots of travel. Yes. Interesting. It's just a lot of kind of, you know, atlases and marked up like sea books and stuff. Can I look in the front cover to see this book belongs to? Um, yeah, which book do you grab? There is uh, like a large purplish text. There is one on the Seas of Fayfall. There's one called Water, Water, and More Water by Ambledorth the Learned. Ooh, I grabbed that one. <laughs> oh, I'm a fan of this guy's work. You pull it open. It is a book on the plane of water. <laughs> uh, and uh, you see that this book was gifted from Marfin to a Grimalda Hexworth. Zola doesn't know who that is, but I do. <laughs> I want to I want to open the captain's log. Uh there actually isn't a captain's log here, but do you I mean there's I'll What's say the that books purple again. Book? Uh yeah, sure, you want to open the purple one, you pull out this purplish text and it is emblazoned with a symbol that Brigid would recognize to be Sylvan, likely a name which you now gather to be Grimalda. A page in the center of the book, like as you're flipping through, has been bookmarked with a purple ribbon. And when you open to it, you see that that page is covered in what you would recognize, Zola, as conjuration glyphs around a handprint. Oh, does it look um, like a diagram or does it look like active spell work? Give me an arcana check. I will. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> You see Stillen is, has jumped on the map and is walking on it as you're trying to inspect it. It's a nine. It's a pretty old book, so it could just be a diagram within it. Or, mm. I mean, it looks also pretty correct, so perhaps it could work as one if you were smart enough to use it. Interesting. I put my hand against it. You put your hand against it. It f- feels um, just like a piece of parchment with ink on it. There's nothing necessarily, like, activated the moment you put your hand there. I, um... Looking over Brigid's shoulder will kind of gesture Smite over. Smite comes over. What's you this? Recognize anything here? This coast or this spell? Um, I haven't left Aurelia that much, so oh, no, I'm sorry. Right, right. No I don't worries. recognize it, but it could recognize be magic. Uh, these maps and stuff like that. What's that? Fuck! It's now one! <laughs> You just have to try it out, it seems like. If you really want to see if it can teleport, you'll have to try and teleport or something. Oh. Even with a low enough arcana check, you know certain teleportation, conjuration magic. You could attempt to try and use this, but you would... I'll say this right now. It would be like rolling to cast a spell. So it would be DC 10 plus whatever this spell is. Um, You would be rolling with your intelligence modifier and you would roll with disadvantage because you're not really sure of what spell is being able to cast here. Mm, This might just drop us in the middle of the sea. So I don't know if this is a lead we should pick up. Yeah. Can I read anything? Is it in Sylvan? Like any kind of the... Uh, any of the writing around the handprint? 
Um, yeah, you read a lot of this is written in Sylvan, actually, and it isn't necessarily a, like, captain's log in very specific ways, but it's, like, one of those coordinate books where you see, like, like it's like an index where there's been lots of lines and, like, dates written in, dates from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It doesn't say, like, a description of this place or any kind of name. Nothing outside of, like, you know, her own name, Grimalda. And you also, Brigid, you wanted to look through the space. Am I correct? You were looking for um, fingernail claws and <laughs> bloody handprints Tally marks. or something? Tally yeah. marks. Uh, yeah, give me an investigation check. Can I get a hand from Pyre? Sure. I'll let you roll with advantage with having Pyre sniff stuff out. Still, go look for mice with Brigid. Maybe a mouse would be able to talk to you, too. Yeah, it's not much better. 11. You look around. Um, you guys flip through and kind of, you know, as non-invasively turn over this room as you possibly can. I turn it over pretty invasively. You turn it over? Okay, well you can roll investigation <laughs> check then as well. No offense, Marfin's kid, but uh, <laughs> we're trying to save your dad. 24. You take some time at this point. I'll say that, you know, between the moment you came in here, communicating with the lionfish, looking through the books, <laughs> close to an hour is about to pass as you go looking through the space and at one point it occurs to you there's definitely some like boxes and stuff and like crates underneath this hammock uh, and so you go over there and as you are sifting around you find that there is a small shoe box painted with the colors of the sea and stickers of dolphins and snowflakes and cutesy little doodles all over it cutesy doodles cutesy little doodles well, let's look at this kid's craft project. Yeah, you, well, you're in the diary. Might as well. You take the lid, throw it over your shoulder. <laughs> in- <laughs> I place it gently. <laughs> you place it gently, and inside you find a variety of trinkets. Little tokens this child had hidden away. <laughs> little trinkets, trinkets, trinkets. Uh, a baggie of fine pale sand from her favorite beach. A dried starfish she found at said beach. Shells she's fashioned into jewelry. A gradient of sea glass and stones tinged with salt. Little memories from throughout her childhood, and parchments written in Sylvan tucked amongst them. I read them. Amazing. Yes. Very good. Should I cast comprehend? Oh, right. I forget <laughs> all the time. Rip. <laughs> you snag the papers and begin to read. Um, they look to be kind of pieces of a conversation. Um, the oldest ones say, "Like a friend." You say, "I'm Grimalda. What's your name?" Wilda is a pretty name. I like the ocean. It's so big, and there are lots of big creatures in it. Dad takes me to the beach whenever I want, and I always try and find the prettiest sea glass. I usually do. Wilda is who resurrected Quince. That's um, Flambe's patron. Sometimes I don't, but it's usually only because I get distracted. You see little notes like that. It's like a conversation that she's having, completely one-sided. I never realized patron relationships could be kind of creepy. This god was talking to a little kid for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you guys want to do while you um, are here? Do you want to continue to spend time here and look through the books? Do you want to investigate the notes further? Or do you think you're going to leave? You know, as cool as this is, and as fun as I'm having kind of like hunting for treasure and just learning... We should probably get going. Yeah, I think so. Well, um... Actually, sorry, Smite. No, no worries. Can I look and see 
like if there's maybe some kind of indication that purple book that is filled with like locations where was like the last place that it looks like she sailed to is there like a last location yes the last date listed in this massive book which i will say it's like the center page is that handprint page and then on either side like front to back it's all of those logs of all those things so you go to the very end of the book to the last location that grimalda had visited and they are some coordinates give me a survival check or a nature check okay potentially you know i at least would probably with my almanac know what Paddlewick's coordinates were so maybe oh. i could work backwards from there knowing absolutely with my keen mind 23 you as you said using your knowledge of Paddlewick's coordinates you're sailing in the Mar- marfin's Mara, globe marfin's globe i'm like spinning it around in my head like a 3d <laughs> model <laughs> you spin it and you go west of emeralia over the taranti ocean to deep deep south of most of Panatolia. Like it's it's far enough east that you would have crossed most of the continent to get there and far enough south that it is probably not on the continent. Not on Panatolia. Looks like the last place she at least notated that she was going was maybe an island or something just completely on the other side of the globe. So middle of the ocean. She's far from here now. Hmm. Or yeah, I guess it didn't even necessarily have to be a landmass. Could just have been something noteworthy while she was on the sea. I don't know if we'll get any more answers here. I don't think so. This might just be a window into another part of Marfin's life, I think. I would have liked to have cracked that spell, though. Do you want to bring this book? Yeah, you want to take it? Tear the page out. You rip the page out, roll Sorry, it up, Grimalda. and stick it in your bag. And you guys turn back to the door. You grabbed a map too, right? Correct. Yes, I grabbed that coastline. So, why don't you roll a D100? We're going through the rooms today. We really are. (laughs) Well, I mean, we really are, but we're also revisiting most of the (laughs) old rooms. One, two, three. 41. You walk out of this room and back into the hallway. You carefully bye hop fish. over <laughs> yeah, you wave bye to the lionfish you're like, bye bye. thanks um, for your help you hop over the pit to the pit um, <laughs> and continue down the hallway to the door and open it to find an open plain a golden prairie stretching out as far as the eye can see in all directions the sky is a bright searing blue the kind of blue that almost hurts your eyes to look at and there's nary a cloud in it There doesn't seem to be any sort of wind. There's this doldrum stillness that defines the landscape outside of a few hills that rise and fall. Oddly though, it does smell of petrichor and dead plant matter, but you don't see any threats. You don't see any sort of movement. It just looks like a open expanse, different from the punctured plane. Time? Time here moves slower than the material plane. Hmm. Can I, um, I get a bad feeling about this because it looks too perfect, but smells like decay. And I am feeling like maybe it's a illusion. It looks like internet screensaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it really does look like internet <laughs> screensaver. So I want to do a perception check, I guess, to just see. Yeah, give me a perception check. See if something like it already feels off to me. So I guess. 
try and investigate that. Yeah. 14. You look out. I mean, I think that Brigid is connected enough to nature to clock that this indeed seems unnatural. This seems artificial. Not in the sense that it's not there and it's an illusion, but in the sense that this was created. And it's not a location on the material plane. It doesn't register as any sort of, you know, other planar location, like in the elemental chaos or like one of the higher or lower planes. It just seems created by man rather than nature. Can I check the map? You check the map, and as you're standing here, you're again, you're on the edge of the door, so the name isn't filling out, but this looks to be a very, very large Marfan-created room. Do we think it's worth it for me to change Stilton back into a crow and send him, you know, he can do a loop, but also time is ticking in the material plane now? Mm-hmm. Mm. Here's what I think. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You should do that if you want to. Okay. And then I want to get everyone on the other side of the door. And I want to dispel magic. Ooh. And just see what happens. I mean, we could try that first. But what if it disappears and then we fall into the pit again? Let's go on the other side, maybe? I mean, we just closed the door, so we're going to be stepping into another plane. We're starting to do intraplanar fuckery. Hmm. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe if we just don't feel good about this place, we should just go. So do you think, I guess, are the options we step back into the hallway and dispel this situation? Or we go through it? Or we close it and just reopen it and try again? I mean, the thing is, is if we dispel magic on Marfin's plane, is it just going to fold the plane like it would any other plane with a good enough dispel magic? Or how do we focus it on the illusion and not just? It's a little worrisome, given how chaotic he has been lately. Maybe dispelling magic on something like this would not be smart. I will uh, cast Find Familiar to change Stilton into another form. You sit down quickly and sketch out the circle, place a few of the materials, and... Flash. Stilton changes into... A bat. It just flutters out. <laughs> little vampiric He kind of looks fangs. like a little sugar glider because he's mostly white, but then he's got like black on his belly. <laughs> um, um, I throw him out and just um, instruct him to do a, a loop around. Doing little bat-like squeaks um, in the bright, bright plane, squinting his little eyes. He goes and flies out and up and begins to circle and kind of fly through the sky. I'll, you know, stay within the 150 feet for now so I can warg from him. But if I don't see anything, then I'll come out of my warg and let him do a second wider loop. As he is doing this first initial loop, you finally get a breeze some air movement from this plane. You watch as there's like ruffles in the fields beyond. Is this the plane of air maybe? Oh wait, we were at the plane of air. Yeah. But I guess we were at the, on top of it? Ornithorn was confusing for me. <laughs> Can I investigate the ground? You kind of have to go in to investigate the ground. Are you going I in? we were in. I thought you guys were on the We had the, the door, door open. Oh, you're stepping in. Yeah, if you, you guys are standing amongst it, 
I guess pull I mean, up a little grass and see if there's like soil underneath or if the illusion, you know, yeah, shatters yeah. if you can feel it even. You grab the grass. It is real grass. You pull up the grass, shake it. There is dirt attached to it. Uh, the wind is growing a bit stronger now. You see that there's it's blowing around the um you're starting to see major patterns of like the wind movement throughout these um throughout this massive field what if this is a massive being does stilton see any pattern to like the way the grass is bending like does it look like how on our plane like wind would blow through and blow all the grass one way does it look like the wind is kind of like dancing and like carving a pattern it it looks natural as Stilton is fluttering above, what he picks up on first is that it's steadily getting more and more intense. Like at first it was just some brushes back and forth and then it's like starting to twist and you're seeing just like a little bit more activity as you like warg in and quick your allies rush behind you to keep you from trust falling. You look out and see that it's just like getting more and more intense and more complex it's not like you're not seeing anything like spell out but Mm -hmm. you're seeing it get faster and faster more frenzied it seems like the wind is getting stronger i'm just worried when we come upon big places like this you know if np is here and we just decide oh this plane is nothing and we just leave and then leave her behind here it's a big place it seems like do you want to call out for her Hello? NP? You call out, your voice echoing. Clouds begin to form, fluffy and white, just growing larger and larger. Kind of just want to know what's happening. I'm kind of scared. We're still in. Stilton is still flying overhead. You see Stilton is kind of struggling at this point. Uh, who has a hand on the door? Me. Can you give me a strength saving throw? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. You're strong. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're strong, right? I was thinking because you have high um, uh, athletics. Oh, yeah, your athletics is the 13. The door shuts. Locks immediately. Well, that decides that. Mm-hmm. Should we cast knock on it and go back? Or should... Is this a sign to explore? You look up in the clouds are slowly but surely getting darker and bigger. <laughs> is this, uh, can I see, if, is this like an elemental or something? You begin to survey the scene, and the only thing that you're gathering is that the longer you stay here, the more intense this force seems to grow. I think if MP were on this plane, it would have sensed her presence and probably I'd be raining. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Thunder begins to roll through. Let's go... I'll cast knock on the door. Give me an opposed intelligence check. Okay. 14 plus 5, 19. Wow, you tied. This, um, we're going to have to, let's do a reroll because you cast knock. It's strange, like if you were a lockpick, it's almost like you can hear things clicking into place. And similarly, as you kind of try and bypass any sort of magical locks, you begin to hear that clicking, but you also suddenly feel like a resistance like this door is actively fighting against you um trying to oppose you in doing this okay it's just a little stuck Mm. 14 
With a natural 20 for a 25, the door is not budging, and the knock spell is used. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, might have to just get stuck in the rain. You guys begin to feel droplets fall around you. Should I try my dispel magic? What are you targeting? The storm. I don't know if this is a good idea. Okay. If we get stuck inside the pit again. I don't think I could go back there. I don't want to go back to the pit, but I did suck Featherfall. So you are targeting this storm with your dispel magic. Go ahead and roll a check using your wisdom spellcasting modifier. 18. You focus in and connect to your elemental magic and manage to hold this storm in its place as the drops slowly peter out. The clouds still remain and you feel like you have perhaps halted this effect for an extended period of time. Though, it will return eventually. Wow, Brigid. Yeah, sometimes I can control the weather. How long can you hold that? As you're like, literally, hands up, the magic crackling at your fingertips. You know, I don't know. How long can I? I think, well, uh, we gotta decide then. Are we gonna try and bust through this door, or are we gonna try and move through this plane? Do you think this is the only door? Mm. No idea. No I don't idea. like to find out. Let's try again with the door. Okay, I'll cast knock again. Give me another check. It's gonna pose you. Zola. <laughs> it's like, ah, knock is such, such a boring spell to use, but it's fine. No, it's good. We shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being useful. It's useful magic. It's useful. 16. With a dirty 20, the door successfully opposes you. I will give myself my 19 portent roll so that I get a um, 24. You briefly begin to panic as you think of a world, a timeline where you guys do not escape. And then you manage to dispel the lock and pull open the door, revealing the hallway. Stupid thing. Come on. Nice job, Brigid. That was a close one. Yeah. We're still in. <laughs> Just swirling Come around, on, caught in the wind. Uh, you call him back. Uh, he- I, um, he can't even fight the wind, so I just spell him and then bring him back. Like, I put him to the pocket dimension and bring him back. <laughs> you bring him back, and um, he's hanging from underneath your arm, underneath your cloak. <laughs> yeah, he hangs on the uh, side of the gate. <laughs> um, you guys slowly back through this door, smite, holding onto the door to keep it open as hard as he can as it threatens to shove him back into the plane. You guys... Shut it behind you and the wind ceases. So many bad places. You think the guy ever just has like, I don't know, a bowling alley? <laughs> yeah. Home well, movie theater? I'm sure he's got, I mean, the memory room kind of was like a home <laughs> movie theater, right? That doesn't Bad count. memories. <laughs> I agree. It was bad memories, but sometimes <laughs> movies can think? be powerful in that way. Brigid, I'll also say that you looking at the map, that room was called Weather Report. 95. Nice. So that's gonna reflect whatever whatever weather's going on inside. Interesting. I wonder where. Our hearts. You. Is that how you feel? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. We should talk more about that next time we all sit down. You walk with smart. <laughs> you guys walk down this hallway and find a door at the end of it and open it up, revealing a plain room, thirty by thirty by thirty feet, with a shut iron door on the opposite side. In the middle of this room is a gigantic being. Mm. 
Red skin that almost seems like armored scales, a hulking monster with a whip-like tail and enormous black wings that wrap around themselves like a cloak. They look up, their eyes glowing red, filled with an intense mix of malice and delight, a smile spreading across their face, slick black venom dripping from their yellow fangs. Oops, wrong room. Oh, a beggar comes knocking at my door, looking for pittance, looking for more. Fear not, beggar, there's plenty I can offer. Gifts, knowledge, even coin for your coffer. But for every loan given, there is recompense. That only seems fair. That only makes sense. He's chained. He sits there unchained. He sits literally upon just the ground, just like... One thing that stands out to you about this room is that it is very barren. There is nothing in here except for that iron door on the other side and the door that you have opened to reveal this room. I think Zola, seeing this fiend, is like remarkably unbothered and goes, Ah, I just learned a spell for this. And I'll cast Magic Circle... uh, Oh, wait. Let's see. How just long kidding. Is it? Uh, I can't. It's a casting time of a minute. Sorry. Well, you could technically try and buy yourself a minute to cast this spell, but I'll say that it's going to have to do. You're going to have to have some convincing deception checks. For sure. Do you know Marfin? Oh, Marfin. Funny little mage. Always in a titter, always in a rage. I start to fiddle around with some powdered silver and iron. (laughs) What you got there? What are you doing in your hands? Cheese from Cheese Plane, have you been? Tell me, I'd like to understand. Right, because you don't leave here, do you? Never. This is where I collect. Waiting for someone, for whoever's next. What do you collect? Give me a deception check. Uh Uh-huh. Brigid, are you doing anything to assist yeah, in this Brigid, way? Smite, you want to talk to her? Um, you see, Smite is actively <laughs> nostrils flaring, trying not to like, trying to stifle the pure sneer of hatred at this evil creature. He's smelly. Smells really fucking bad in here. I think Brigid is honestly like a little frightened of this beast. Well, my deception is a four. Playing funny then. This creature rises to its full height, begins to step forward. If you'd like to cast, you must pay a debt. Okay, how much? What will you offer? We have money. Hmm. Yeah, Marfin's money. Marfin's money. That's funny. We thought so too. Anything better? Mmm. I have this pretty magical beret. Give me a deception check. Will do, Will do. Here we go. <laughs> I thought to myself, should Zola really have a beret for the rest of the game? <laughs> <laughs> Is it really no. my style? Is the answer. 18. 18? Okay, hold on. It's good for me, Noah. Can you at least let me feel good about it for a second? Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> really, really good. This creature adds plus four 
to insight checks. Good. I love that for them. That's a dirty 20. Nice hat. But nothing magical about that. I will take it. But it will not bar you passage through my way. He reaches a massive red hand out with these black Mm. claws and plucks the hat from your hands and puts it upon his head. I messaged my frigate, my new hat. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but we'll get you a new one. Should we do a combo misty step dimension door to the other side of him and try to get in the store? (laughs) (laughs) Or should we try and bargain with this guy? You know, what's he really going to want? I think Brigid like gets some some bravery and kind of steps out um with Pyre. What's your name? Lux. Lord of Dead. Lux, L U X E. Just L U X. Lord of Dead. Lord of Dead. Everyone's dead. You have some people you want to inquire about. No, I'm just wondering, are you rich? Are you in debt? The collector is never rich enough. I work for Marfin. Oh, you work for Marfin. I, so do I. We're co-workers. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zola. I think I'll call your bluff. Do you really work for Marfin? Yes. Uh, the first time I met him, I did freelance work for him, and I'm his apprentice. I'm... I guess you could call me an unpaid intern. <sighs> unpaid intern. <laughs> Best kind of debt. I guess I am in debt. I do have a lot of tuition to pay. What was the last thing that someone who came through here gave to you? You know, I, we want to know what's... What are we talking? Yeah, like what's the... What's your normal debt... That you collect. What's your low? What's your high? (laughs) The price you pay to find your way must be equal to what you say your self-worth is. So in order to pass, I have to give you something that is equal to my own self-worth. The fiend nods and smiles. So something, and Smite looks at the two of you guys, that we... To find, like, we would find important. And you see the fiend nods again. Mm. What if we don't want to go through that door? We want to go back the way we came. I'm afraid I can't let you go. Mm, Figured. Will you try and kill us? I'll do whatever I need to to get my debt paid. What's your debt? Yeah, who are you paying? Because you're paying a debt to Marfin? Oh, I don't want to really talk about my debts. Well, why not? We can't really be in uh, business together unless you're honest with us. Morphin's a funny fellow, he is. Do you th- would you say he's a friend to magic? Friend is a funny word. He he's funny a lot. You're interrupting know. me before I can answer your damn questions. You want to know what I think really of Morphin? Funny, like funny, ha ha. No, I don't mean funny, ha ha. I mean funny, like funny the way it is. He means queer. He means odd. Yeah, odd. Queer. Don't say it like that. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I got some cheese from Cheese Plane. Um, I don't know, guys, I lost a lot of my... Are you really... still, just, still doing the thing? <laughs> Are you still doing the shuffle? Technically, no. You'd have to restart the casting. Right. I guess um, I like fumbled when he caught yeah, me. Yeah. 
You can try again, but it will be another deception check. And I and I think that even with the lowest of all lowest insight, Zola would know. No, that. I'm playing and his game now. You see Smite kind of detaches a part of his metallic arm, taking it from where you see that there's like a kind of metallic stump attached to where his arm is cut off. And he takes it and he tosses it out before Smite. the fiend. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the, what are you doing? It's useless right now anyways. It's important to me, so I figured it's something. You see the fiend looks down at the broken metal arm. Smite is going to make a persuasion check. Smite uh, only rolled a four, but he's going to use his sorcerer ability magical guidance. Uh, When he makes an ability check that fails, he can spend a sorcery point to re-roll the d20, but he has to use the new roll, so... That's a natural 20. Ooh. Lux looks at the arm and smiles. Now this is an offer I cannot refuse. You may leave if you so choose. And he nods to Smite. Does that count for all of us, or? Silence greets you as his eyes burn towards you. Zola digs through her bag a little bit and pulls out her spell book and her bag of components Mm -hmm. and in the bottom kind of crushed and gooey and fallen apart is like a little bag of mini tarts that I uh, bought from the bazaar when I first first learning the spell hideous laughter (laughs) and some feathers Um, this spell that I learned kind of from trick and reminds me a lot of trick and i used on trick and that i stocked today um i think because zola was thinking a lot about trick i will uh go up to him and hand over my tarts and feathers and i'll rip the page out of my spell book okay uh give me a persuasion check and i'll say you can roll with advantage for that thank you it's a spell that's been useful for me, but I don't need it anymore. Mm, 15. I don't have a lot of stuff anymore because I lost my bag. Lux reaches forward and scoops up the components. Funny spell used in hell. Actually is a funny spell this time. Haha, ha, funny this time. Oh, indeed. You may pass for appeasing my greed. Thank you. Good luck, Brigid. I step over by Smite, and, but I'm, you know, we're waiting for Brigid to be okay. Mm. I think Brigid looks through her possessions. And she's got her bracers. She's got her bag of beans. She's got her rock seeker. She's got these poison fruits that we took. She also has a prayer wheel that her mother gave to her as a child, and she always keeps it on her. It's kind of like a little trinket and a memory and a reminder of where she comes from. You present this prayer wheel inscribed with sylvan and words of the all fire the primordial language that is used in the elemental planes as well give me a persuasion check brigitte's got it memorized persuasion you said Mm -hmm. and he's gonna roll insight 
You have to be an 18. Why not? He takes the prayer wheel. <laughs> Prayers are the biggest joke of all. One more poor gift like that and you will fall. I don't really consider it poor. If you're not going to like it, can I have it back then? He looks at it for a moment and looks at you. Slowly, begrudgingly puts it back in front of you. I take it back. Pyre sitting next to you is definitely furious at the way this fiend is talking to her companion. She looks to you and her eyes are screaming like, let's kill him. <laughs> I'll try to message Brigid on the sly. Okay. I mean, we could always be like, so long, Brigid. We're going to go and then open the door and then like fire can maybe dimension door. Yeah, fiery teleport. It's it's possible. If you don't have anything else. I know that, you know, elves are very ascetic and you don't necessarily carry around a lot of extra Mm. stuff. Mm -mm. I don't have any. I don't have anything to. I would, I never, would never even offer Pyre up, so it's not possible. I hate to say it, I know you just got them, but... My bracers? Sola looks sadly at Smite. Smite, I just think... <laughs> Smite looks at you and then looks at her and then looks at the bracers and goes, no, I'm sorry. Come on. He's a big old fiend, fiend yes. demon. Do you have anything else that you can... <laughs> I think that I message you back. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters what we give. And that's a part of the joke. And that's what's funny about it. He it's, just wants you to miss it enough. But also, I mean, you would miss your mother's prayer wheel. I guess it must have to have some value. Or you must have to feel convicted enough about it. Or... It's all just a deception. I could mm-hmm. make it all up. That's true. Make up, make something up. Right. Give him like a piece of copper and tell him that's the you know last copper that you're... Something to give you. It's like, because he's not in the message conversation, just still thinking you're talking about the bracers. Like, oh, I just got him. No, it. no. <laughs> Brigid, I feel bad. You should really, you know, have this back because I appreciate that you lent it to me. And I'll pass Brigid oh, is that my, my cape. My cape. <laughs> So Confidence. I, my, I can't believe, I mean, that is my special, most specialist cape. Okay. It does improve your self-worth, literally. Give me... Brigid, you can give me a deception check. <laughs> he is going to roll insight. Can I be helping? Brigid, thanks so much for letting me borrow your special cape. I promise I didn't get anything on it. Laying it on thick. I used a Tide pen on it this morning just because there's a little dirt. DC 10 deception check for Zola to give to advantage give on okay, this, okay. okay? No. Okay, you're going <laughs> to roll flat on this deception then. What's the DC? I hadn't told you. 15. With a natural 9 plus 4. It's only a 13. He looks at the cloak. So I, I put it back on me and I look I look like sexy as hell in it. I turn my back and Smite has to like rub my back because I'm already tearing <laughs> up. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Is this really happening right now? Yeah. It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Please just breathe. 
regards you, regards the cloak. Actually, you can't have it. But a cloak like that would look nice on a bloke like me. Matches the beret. You know? It does match the beret. What do you say? Passage for thee, if you give that for free. For free, I might. But for a fact, it would be quite helpful. <laughs> you don't have to run. I'm trying to it's meet you room. on your level to greet you. Here is my cloak for such a bloke. Whoa. And with it, tell me something I'd like to see. Brick is I like, amazing I'm, right as now. I'm rhyming, I'm like taking off the cloak a little slow and like dangling it around and kind of walking past him. <laughs> you should absolutely do an open mic. This is sick. And uh, I say, here, your cloak, as I reach Zola and Smite. And he's like, I'm sure he's like watching me as I'm passing by. He doesn't move at all, except for his eyes watching as you sexily walk by him and remove the cloak and pass it over, which he finally reaches out with his massive arm and plucks uh, uh, uh. the cloak. What is your debt to Marfin? Listen, the guy's just really good. He's really fucking smart, and he outsmarted me. All right, I tried to make a deal with him, tried to get some, you know, tried to get his soul, and well, didn't work. Yeah. Kind of got me in the hole. He's like that. We're going to go, right? Here's your cloak. Thank you. He throws it over his shoulder. Um, you it, look great. It Whoa. does look good on him. You look amazing. Thank Is that you. what I looked like? I, I privately messaged them. You guys didn't tell me how silly I looked in a beret and a cape. We just wanted to support you. Yeah, it's all about supporting your friends. You know, I mean, <laughs> fashion is is cyclical and also subjective. These are things Can I've we heard. please go? You guys inch your way towards the door as you watch Lux styling his new outfit. Um, and you make your way through and <laughs> close oh it behind you. Back to negative one, Jess. Oh my god. <laughs> I like give Pyre such a big hug and I'm like, I hope you thought that at no point in that was I ever going to relinquish you ever. <laughs> ever. I give kisses. You too. <laughs> I don't know if he would want you. I look at Stilton's <laughs> stupid, dumb, bad face. You're of much value to me. <laughs> flies out and <laughs> flies around your head like a very annoying bat. It's a light. <laughs> <laughs> bouncing off of things. I give, uh, I give Pyre a little kiss and then I turn to Smite, who is only one arm now. Yeah, Smite is, um, his right arm, which is his sword-holding arm, is still there, but he no longer has his shield or metal arm. Hey, if you need someone to cover you in battle, you know, we can do the whole cool stand back-to-back thing. We, have, we, got, we haven't done that yet. We've got a great team here. I have no, you know, giving this up, I'll sincerely miss it, so I wasn't lying, but also I, I trust you guys. You'll have my back. Marfin is so irresponsible. Marfin's kind of a jerk. Marfin has definitely been up to some shit. <laughs> um, you guys now stand in a dark stone hallway, the iron door behind you sealed shut. The word Lux written upon it. Ugh, Brigid, timepiece. What was the time in there? Time was moving slower than the material plane, so you were losing time in there, and it is still moving that way in this hallway. Ah, <sighs> so much anxiety. Let's, Let's go, go fast. Roll a d100. 33. 
You try your hand at the door and find that it is locked. Somebody roll a d20 for me. Ah, fucking hell. <gasps> Nat 20. There is no sort of explosion. There is no pit that opens up. As you hold the door, all you hear is, ha, look at you. Don't you look foolish. You'll never get through that door. Ah, but I suppose you coming here was inevitable. What the fuck? Is that Marvin's voice? Yeah. Was that, is that him behind the door? No, it's his, like, ring doorbell. Yeah, it sounded like one of his delay messages or something like that. But, um, freaky that he said inevitable. Again? Yeah. I'm scared to open it. What if it's the Uh, guy? Should I cast knock again? I mean, the inevitable just probably got some kind of ping in its freaky stone brain. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you've already used lots of knocks. Why yeah. don't we try and break it down? Yeah, I can try and pick it, yeah, if we want. Um, somebody roll a d20, you can add 9 to this. 26. With a 26, <laughs> Smite easily opens the store. Good job. Revealing a stone cavern. Um, it's It's kind of like... Honestly, similar to the sort of round stone tunnels that Zola encountered underneath Aurelia, you know, it's it's a carved tunnel in a way that heads down into a larger open cavern um, that you can't see into yet because of where you're standing, but you do hear like the sound of moving water and, you know, the dripping from the stalagmites. Is the um, timepiece still the same as we step inside? The timepiece is actually now moving at the same rate as the material plane. Okay. Mm, should we go tickle a sleeping bear or something? <laughs> Let's stealth? Let's stealth. You guys can all roll a stealth check. Not great for Smite, but he does add a lot to it. So he got a total of uh, 13. 19. 8. Okay. You slowly begin to creep forward into this tunnel as it curves downward and you follow the walls. You see that there's some dimly glowing kind of pastel crystals that remind you of your time in the Underdark. They are jutting out, small, just lighting the way as you go down, down, and walk to the base where a massive cavern is revealed for you. Stalactites clinging above and stalagmites covering the floor. In the center, you see there is a crystal clear pool of water that glows faintly pink as well, reflecting the light of some of the crystals around it. As you guys are standing there, and you do see that there looks to be like another tunnel on like the opposite side of the room, kind of carving downward more, you all hear a voice in your head. It's been a long time. And that's where we'll end our session today. (laughs) What the fuck? Who the fuck is that? Who the freak is that? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. So many rooms. Thank you. So many lives in this episode. Holy shit. Especially to our Eldritch patrons. Uh, If you would like to become an Eldritch patron, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. We got a lot of stuff. 
stuff. Oh, we got all the stuff is there. And you can follow mm. us at Try Not To Die Pod on all the things. All the things, including mm. our deluxe website. TryNotToDiePod.com. Mm. Mm. Speaking of Lux. Speaking of Lux, deluxe website alert. We're coming to collect your debts. <laughs> yeah. Coming, that's what that's Patreon, what Patreon is. <laughs> uh, thank you, of course, to everywhere we get our sound effects, like Michael Gelfie, Sorco Soundscapes, and FreeSound.org. Free um, and uh, website, funny website, uh, has anyone Trixie got any, website, <laughs> Trixie webs. Has anyone got any plugs for today's episode? My plug is wash your water bottles, kids. Mm. <laughs> She's been telling all of us. And actually, really mine was disgusting. Was Don't reveal that disgusting. to the world. <laughs> Listen, I'm just human. <laughs> Um, uh, I will say that I'm continuing to move through Keegan's list of below deck seasons that I should watch. I have wrapped up all of uh, Sailing, and now I'm on the OG series, and yeah, it, I'm doing great. Amazing. I'm moving through it. Chugging through. <laughs> um, I'll finish yet. I will plug doing your taxes. I will plug doing your taxes, actually, because this is going to come out closer to the end of tax season. Lux.com slash tax. Yes. Um. Lux.com slash tax. But Lisa gave me a great uh, hint on taxes this year uh, to use Free Tax USA. Oh, yeah. Or if you just honestly, if you go to the IRS uh, page, if you're American, go to the IRS page. Hey, hey, if you're. Hey, if you're hey. not making a lot hey. of money, hey. you shouldn't be paying for your taxes because these places like TurboTax, first of all, they're the ones lobbying our government to make it so that taxes are a for-profit system and so that the United States, everywhere else, every other go- government does their fucking taxes for them. But we have to figure it out and just guess how much we owe. Yeah, because they it, want you to fuck up. Exactly. And then they audit you. They don't want you to win. And so that's literally because sites like TurboTax are paying off our government to keep it as a for-profit system. Fuck that. Know your rights. Go to the IRS website site and you can find all of the places that you can free file and there are different tax brackets that you can look and see if you qualify you might have to pay for your state a couple bucks but don't pay 40 dollars to your taxes this year wow that was my parents per- worked for the irs that was perhaps <laughs> one of our best plugs ever our most useful plugs yeah d- check out that and uh check out our patreon and <laughs> speaking of taxes gotta do those gotta use do those. the money that you save from your taxes to upgrade your subscription <laughs> yeah, your give us your money <laughs> give us your refund money that's my plug thank you so much for listening and until next time try not to, to die. die all hail our eldritch patrons Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, and Lana, Emily, Grace, Jacob, James, Jeff, Joey, Kate, Katie, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and our producer Daddies, Becca Mount, Sam Golden, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die.